0: This is episode 96 of Bust and Loose Baseball. Again, Grant Paulson is out this week, so I'll be filling in in his place. This is producer Darius Dameron alongside Toby Altizer. Toby, spring training is finally here. Pitchers and catchers report on the 14th. I know we're not projected to win the, the most games in the National League or anything. I know our projections are pretty low. Actually, res- I would say disrespectfully low, but maybe I'm biased. Yeah. But man, I'm excited. I think this is going to be a very exciting time to be a Nationals fan with a lot of the things that are potentially going to happen for us this season in terms of prospects coming up and uh, and, and players making their debuts in the major leagues. There might there be a lot of debuts in Nationals Park this year. I'm excited. I think the 2024 season is going to be a blast. What do you think, Toby?
1: Yeah, dude, it's crazy to think that we're already at spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting we got the position players coming in and just in less than a week it's just crazy to think that we're already at this point and I think you hit the nail on the head there I mean there's so much to be excited about for this year of Nationals baseball because in years previous it was not great baseball on the field for the big league club. And there was maybe one or two guys that you were excited about in the minor leagues. Now you look down there and there's a handful of guys that are going to be at big league camp during spring training. So you get to watch some of those guys during the spring training games and hopefully they do well. And, you know, now you can look at it and there's a real timeline that you can have a James Wood at Nats Park in the middle of the summer. You can have some of these guys there. So you can be really excited about the future of this team and not just looking two and three years down the road, but looking next month maybe two months from now, you know, so you can get pretty excited about this team, even if it's not going to be a great year in terms of wins and losses. I think it's going in the right direction. You're taking that next step, hopefully. And, you know, last year I think was an encouragement in terms of how this thing is going along. So if they can build off last season, I think there's a lot to be excited about for this year. Yeah. And I mean, just think about, you know, kind of a quick recap of last season.
0: You, you had, you had some excitement here and there, you know, there was the breakout of Lane Thomas, let's say, Uh, you know, Lane Thomas has always been a decent player for us, but basically last year he broke out to be a potential damn near all-star pretty much. Uh, You you had the breakout of CJ Abrams. Uh, You had, you know, some uh, I guess you can say sort of a breakout for Josiah Gray to begin the season. As the season went on, he kind of fell back to earth. Um, You had some of your ups and downs with Mackenzie Gore, you you had the call ups of guys like Jake Irvin who came in and basically made a huge impact on 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 the rotation taking over for Chad Cool who I mean it, it, we basically forgot about at one point. Uh, Jackson Rutledge comes up. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of those things were were pretty exciting and all in their own right. Now you're adding in Cade Cavalli is going to be coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know the prospect the, the the top three guys in our uh, prospects list should be coming up at some point uh, this season it's to to compare last season to this season uh especially because last season I would say it was very surprising in terms of the win total. We, we didn't think the team was going to win as much as they actually did and be as competitive as, as they actually were, especially towards that uh t- towards that post all-star break area where they they really started to click and 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 things started working out for everybody. I, I think this has got potential to be even better than that, considering the prospects that will be coming up at some point.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, last year in the first half, the team was 36 and 54. And I think that was along the lines of what you expected. 373 runs scored to 456 runs against. So pretty bad run differential. (laughs) Second half. 35 and 37 just two games under 500 and a much closer run differential. So this was a team that was competitive down the stretch and you saw the breakout of guys like Lane Thomas and they continued it throughout most of the year. You saw Josiah Gray named an All-Star and he struggled during the middle stretch but he was able to kind of get things figured out it seemed like in the last start or two. And I think the big thing was CJ Abrams, seeing a guy oh, yeah. that was traded in part of the a big part of that Juan Soto trade. Seeing a guy come up and show you what he's been touted as all along, a guy with speed, good defense, can get on base and make an impact. I mean, I saw that Fangraphs was projecting out a season. I think they put him at 35 stolen bases projected. The dude stole like 37 in the second half. I honestly think this season is going to be exciting for him because he might go for, dare I say, 60 at yeah. least 50, I would think, stolen bases, so I think he's going to be exciting, and that's just looking at guys that were already in the bigs. I mean, looking at the guys that could be coming up is, I think, maybe the most exciting thing for Nats fans, because you've got guys like Brady House, who's 48th on the top 100 list. You've got a Dylan Cruz, who's in the top 10, and you've got a James Wood who slipped outside the top 10 for now, but was squarely inside the top 10 last year. So a lot to be excited about. And like I said, it's not looking too far down the road. It's literally looking, you know, maybe you could see these guys in July.
0: And think about how it happened for C.J. Abrams, by the way. This season didn't start very great. He was at the bottom of the order, uh, you know, hitting in in the low 200s. And then Davey went to him and said, hey, you're my leadoff guy. I want you to make the most of it. And he did just that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just love the fact that Davey realized this guy needed a bump. I don't know if it was something where he saw something in his swing or he saw something in the clubhouse. I don't know exactly what it was. But he basically put him in the leadoff spot and said, hey, man, go make an impact. And he definitely did down the stretch. I mean, seeing what he's able to do, he showed some power as well. So that's exciting. But what he's able to do on the base paths, I mean, you figure down and looking down the road, you got C.J. Abrams in the leadoff spot and you got Dylan Cruz in there somewhere. You got James Wood. you got Brady House I mean, there's a lot to be excited about because this team has some guys. Now, we'll talk about the pitchers, and maybe there's some needs there, but I really like what you could see this year out of this team, and it's pretty exciting to think that these guys are getting really close to the big leagues.
0: Nothing gets me more excited than watching C.J. Abrams have a home run that he's man. What a blast to watch that guy. It's going to be this year. Uh, So like I said, pitchers and catchers report February 14th for spring training. Position players report on the 20th of February. Of course, we'll try to get you guys a bust and loose episode prior to the position players reporting. Uh, But exciting times are ahead. Let's take a little recap of what our offseason was like. I would say generally the offseason was mostly quiet. Which, in some ways, I would say is expected because the team is kind of still in flux in terms of whether or not they're going to sell, Um, whether it could be Ted Leonsis that buys the team soon. We're not sure. There was a lot of changeover in terms of some of the front office staff. A lot of Mike Rizzo staff changed. Uh, Your scouting director has changed. A lot of things happened this offseason, but overall, I feel like your generic fan, your generic Nationals fan, is probably going to say that this offseason was quiet despite a lot of those uh, a lot of those front office changes and then a the few acquisitions here and there. What, what would you uh, what would you say overall in terms of a recap of this offseason so far, Toby?
1: Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much. I mean, Nick Senzel is going to play third base for you. Joey Gallo is going to come in and play first and in the outfield and Dylan F- Floro's brought in for the bullpen. So, I mean, the bullpen needed help, so I guess that's fine, but I know some people are looking at it and saying, "Man, you could have gone out and signed somebody not talking about the Otanis of the world, but go get somebody. And I just don't think that this was the off season to do it. Now. I know some people are going to look at it and say, is there ever going to be an off season that ownership will spend again? And that's a valid question. And hopefully down the road, that can be something that will get answered for us because the team's competitive again. But I think when you look at what this off season to me was all about, it's about the young kids and making sure that they have a spot. So, you know, going and getting guys like a Jamer Candelario last year, getting a Joey Gallo this year for a one-year deal, I think those types of deals are fine. I think that's what you want to do because if one of these guys, you know, you saw what happened with Jamer, he played really well, he gets dealt, and you bring back a guy in DJ Hers who looks like he's going to be on the big league club at some point during the season this year. So that's what you want to have happen, but you also don't want to block these guys. Like if James Wood gets off to a hot start and he's ready to come up by May or June, I don't want to look at it and say, hmm, who am I taking out of the lineup? No, I just want to say James Wood's getting inserted into the lineup, and I'll figure out the rest afterwards, but I don't need to worry about, oh, I paid $10 million for this guy. I can't move him out of the lineup. I like the fact that everything is open. Now, you know, people are going to say you could have spent some money because you look down the road, and if all these guys can come up and play well, realistically, this team could be, I don't know, I wouldn't say at 500 this year, but... Uh, you know, maybe around the same thing this year, but you could be looking at a 500 ball club next year. If some, if these prospects come up and play well. And so people are going to be, why didn't you spend some money this off season? Why don't you just, why are you waiting until next year? I'm kind of fine with the approach, but I can also understand the frustration from a lot of fans that money wasn't more, uh, wasn't spent more this off season. But that being said to me, it's all about the young kids. And so if they save up and spend next year, I'm totally fine with it. But, again, the clock is ticking. They're going to have to spend some money at some point.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I definitely thought that if there was going to be any position that they they potentially were going to spend money at, it was going to be first base. Maybe it could have been starting pitcher. I I I, I would, was more leaning towards first base was going to be the position that they were going to target in terms of spending money at. And maybe Joey Gallo is that. We're not quite sure it's not hasn't been quite made clear to us. I know uh, Joey Gallo joined Grant and Danny on 1067 a fan back in DC uh I guess a day or two after he signed with the team or uh, uh excuse me inked his contract with the team. And he mentioned the possibility of playing first base and playing outfield. Um, and then I know our, our friend Jessica Camerato of MLB.com, she did a projection of the 2024 opening day roster, and she had Joey Gallo listed as not only an outfielder, but a first baseman as well um, and a DH. <laughs> so I guess yeah, he, he, you can consider Joey Gallo very uh, versatile. So, you know, maybe that is the case. Maybe that is what their thought was, is that he will be a, a, a first baseman more, more often than not um but uh the only thing i can think of is that yeah maybe again they don't want to potentially block someone who could come up and play first base whether that might be let's say yo yo morales uh comes up eventually and he, they predict project him to be a first baseman which would i think suck because he has an electric arm from oh, third base so it, would, over it, it there. would it would suck to lose that but Eventually, you're going to need a first baseman, and probably going to need some youth at that spot. So maybe there there is some thinking to that. Uh, like I said, starting pitcher is kind of a little bit of disappointment that they didn't spend money there. Um, I guess you know you're you're kind of stuck with Patrick Corbin. You got your three young guys that are currently in the rotation with Gore, um, uh, excuse me, Josiah Gray and Drake Irvin. Then you have your fifth spot, which is currently Trevor Williams. But you would think that that's probably the spot that's going to be potentially up in the, up in the air for the potential of a Kate Cavalli or a Jackson Rutledge to steal that spot at some point, dare I say a Cole Henry or someone else that's uh, currently in our system. That's on their way up. Maybe that's a spot that'll be in flux and maybe that's why they chose not to spend money and keep that spot open. But I'm, I am with you. I think this wasn't necessarily the off season because you want to see how these things play out with the youngsters maybe you get lucky and a bunch of them come up and fill up a bu- fill a bunch of spots and then from there you see where the hole is and you go spend money on that one that one or two gaps in the roster that you might have so i think next season they'll have the opportunity to sit back and say okay this is where our spot, this is where our gaps are in our roster. Now we can go spend chunks of money at it, especially because they'll probably free up chunks of money, uh, considering with that, Corbin. Patrick, yeah, Patrick Corbin is in the last year of his deal. So uh, that'll be a nice chunk of change. Well, that be if back you can figure
1: out the Corbin thing, that'll sure up some money. And who knows what's happening with Steven Strasberg? Like, <laughs> seriously, what is going on there? So if they can get those two things figured out, I kind of assume they're never going to get out of the Strasburg stuff. I think they're just going to pay him the full contract. Uh, who knows what happens there, but they're going to have to figure out something there. But yeah, you're, you're right. Corbin's going to free up some cash. And, you know, I think it also gives the guys, not just the Brady houses, not just the Dylan Cruz, James Wood, those guys are top 100 prospects and they know it, right? They, they know that as soon as they're ready, they're not getting blocked. You know, the, those guys come up and there's a spot for them. But a Trey Lipscomb, he can look and say, you know, we're going to talk about second base here in just a second, but he looks and said, I can play all over the infield. I want a gold glove. You know what? Second base might be open. If I can have a good month here, I might be able to take that spot and be at Nats Park. You know, you, you have some of these guys looking and seeing realistic opportunities, not just for the top guys that are obviously going to come up and have their spot ready for them, but for the guys that... If they're playing well, can earn it. I mean, a Jacob Young last year, obviously it was a a late season thing, but he played well and he came up and he got a chance and played well when he was in the big. So I like the fact that things are open, but I think... Next offseason is the time to spend because a lot of these guys are going to reach the big leagues at some point this year, and you'll get to see, hey, maybe this guy doesn't pan out as much as you want. You know, Robert Hassel, you think of a name like that, you were thinking he was going to plug right into the outfield after that trade, and that hasn't necessarily been the case. So I'm not naive to think that all of these dudes are going to hit and turn into all-stars and MVP caliber players, but you give them a chance when they come up, you kind of evaluate them, and then next offseason is the time to open up the checkbooks and fill out that roster.
0: That's a great point. Uh, I, I think that might be something that we as fans may sometimes overlook is that, hey, yeah, we did acquire all these top prospects from various trades. We did draft uh, Elijah Green and uh, Dylan Cruz and as top five picks. Each of them doesn't necessarily mean all of them are going to hit. And you, know, you don't want to be negative Nancy about things like that, but you also do have to be realistic. It's not very often that a, a team that's loaded with a bunch of different pros a bunch of different top prospects that are ranked high in MLB prospect list and baseball America. it's not it's not always that they always hit. So, you know, it, all we can do is hope and give these guys opportunity. And I think that's what the organization is doing. The organization is giving these guys opportunity, especially by not spending money uh, here on the major League roster. You mentioned you mentioned some of those signings. Uh, you had Nick Senzel who was signed from the – formerly of the Cincinnati Reds. It looks like he's probably going to slot in as your starting third baseman uh, to begin with. Give me quick thoughts on Nick Senzo.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a former top prospect, former, I believe, first-round pick. I mean, this is a guy that has a lot of talent, hasn't necessarily worked out in Cincinnati, but, I mean, this is a guy that can play all over the place. So, if nothing else, if one of these guys is ready, again – there's spots all over the infield this guy can play. So, you know, Brady House is ready to come up and he needs to take third base, i will take third base, and Senzel can move all around. So it's not a sexy signing, but it fills out the roster, gives you a guy that you can depend on over there. So I like the move.
0: Yeah, and he was very versatile for for Cincinnati last year when they had a lot of uh, movement in, in their organization with guys like uh, Ellie De La Cruz coming up and and Matt McLean coming up, uh, Christian and on Strand coming up. Uh, when they, they had a lot of movement that caused Senzel to play the outfield. I remember seeing yep. Senzel play plenty of games in center field, and actually was really good out in center field. So we also got Dylan Floro, uh, relief pitcher coming in what do you think his addition adds to the bullpen
1: i mean they needed more arms i mean we yeah. talked about this throughout the year it was harvey it was finnegan at points it was carl edwards and it wasn't many more and honestly that was it and we talked about this throughout the year where it's like you could get on davy for who he chooses but <laughs> there was no one to choose and yeah. so Just adding some depth to that bullpen, I think, was important. Having a guy that you can depend on, as much as we want to talk about keeping roster spots open for young guys, and I stand by that, you also have to field a 26-man roster of Major League-caliber players. And at times, that bullpen wasn't full of Major League-caliber arms. So getting a guy just to at least take up a spot and maybe can help you in some high-leverage spots late in games, I think, is important.
0: Nassim Nunez was added via the Rule 5 draft, and then today, on February 13th, we got the announcement that Jesse Winker, also a former Cincinnati Red, if I'm remembering correctly, was added to the roster. And I mean, I would, Grant Paulson said this on today's uh, Grant and Danny show, that he thinks Jesse Winker is going to open as potentially your starting left fielder this year, and he wouldn't be, or excuse me, your, your starting left fielder or your DH, Potentially. Jesse Winker, what do you think about him being added to the roster?
1: I mean, this is another one of those guys that has the potential to be really good. He struggled last year in Milwaukee, and you know, I have some ties. I came from Milwaukee. I lived out here before, but I worked out in Milwaukee for a time, and so many people were down on this guy because he really struggled last year. But this is also a guy that's a former all-star, hit a lot of home runs with the Reds. So maybe you can run into something. I mean, the other thing that we haven't talked about much yet is the Nationals had next to no power last year. So bringing a guy like Joey Gallo, that obviously brings a lot of power. Bringing a guy like Jesse Winker, that could provide some power. Who knows? And it's just another one of those flyer shots that I like because if nothing else, you, you move on. It, you, nobody remembers Corey Dickerson last year, but that was the same sort of move, right? So I'm totally fine with these moves. The one I want to go back to, you mentioned Asim Nunez as the Rule 5 player. This guy isn't going to be a big power guy in his time in minor league baseball. He's seven career home runs, five last year. But what he is is incredibly fast and good on defense. Last season, he only had 43 RBIs, a 224 average, but he had 52 stolen bases. So if this guy can get on base, he can be a threat on the base pass. And if nothing else, I think he gives some guys an opportunity to get off their legs if it's CJ or if they're needing to push Luis Garcia again like they had to at points last year to, to prove a point to him. Nassim Nunez could step right in and play a good second base and provide you a little spark at the bottom of the lineup.
0: I like that, and then he can be you know late inning relief for for Luis Garcia if Luis Luis Garcia continues to struggle defensively as he has in the past, um, and adding some speed off the bench along with uh, potentially Jacob Young and and Victor Robles, we could have more speed than we've had in quite some time. I would say so. That's a that's a pretty exciting prospect. I, I I actually like signings like Winker and Joey Gallo because, like you said, it's it's almost like the chance that we took on. Jamer candelario
1: where 100 yeah, percent,
0: yeah and the chance that we tried to take on nelson cruz a couple of years ago yeah you take your chance of these guys one year deals if they pop you trade them if they don't oh well you're stuck with them but you can you can bring along a prospect who potentially could replace them at
1: some point and
0: and bring more production than what you know if, if they happen to be a miss more production than what we're providing